Hey, welcome everybody. Glad to, get, glad to have you guys here with us at New Life. If you guys would, go ahead and find a seat. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I want to welcome everyone that's worshiping with us at our North Platte campus live right now. So excited. I was just out there last week. God's doing some incredible things at North Platte, as well as those worshiping with us down in the venue. So everybody, listen to me. You're sitting in one of three auditoriums in one of six worship services today. God's doing incredible things at New Life. Hey, last week, there was like three or four people that committed their life to Jesus and said, I want to follow him for the rest of my life. I think that's exciting. That's awesome. I love it. We've been having some incredible attendance around New Life. We just kind of like took a massive leap forward. Uh, We've seen some incredible things. So thank you so much for being a part of our our church here. If you're a guest with us, my name is Jeff Baker. I have the unique privilege of serving as the lead pastor of this church. But I will say this about our church. We have an incredible congregation. And we have an amazing group of uh, pastoral staff that uh, all work together to accomplish God's bigger picture. Uh, Today you're you're in... um, You're in the last Sunday of our teaching series that I entitled Live Dead. Um, Live Dead was two words that just kind of, they just don't fit together. Uh, You know, it just doesn't seem like they work with one another. Until you read scriptures like one that has been like a a life scripture for me, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And it says this, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And that whole passage Right there, just it just kind of like it caught me years and years ago. How do I live dead so that I can really be alive? Because I don't know about you, but man, I don't want to physically be crucified. So I've been crucified with Christ. He's talking not about a physical thing, he's talking about a heart thing. And this whole teaching series, these last number of weeks, has been focused on the heart. We've been looking at things like living a life of sacrifice, or living with the character of Christ, or living with a sense of accountability. You know, accountability is something nobody likes, but it's extremely healthy for us if we're going to live dead to this world and live alive uh, alive with Christ. We also talked about the importance of teamwork, and we talked about having the right character. We also talked about practical things like um, you know, being a lifelong learner. It's amazing how, it's amazing how uh, you know, you come dead to Christ when you just claim to know it all. It's amazing how you come alive with Christ when you humble yourself and you admit, I don't know it all. And so that lifelong learner, and today we're going to talk about another principle as we wrap this up called Partnership. So here's my encouragement to you. If you're newer to our church and you didn't get to quite take in all of these last number of weeks of this Live Dead teaching series, I would encourage you to go to our website, mynewlifechurch.com, and click on Watch Now, and then you can go to our On Demand. Our On Demand site and our website, it has uh, our, our teaching sermons all the way through the last year, and then it has some of the highlights from past years. Um, So I would encourage you to go there, and today, if you're taking notes or um, you're following along and something happens in your heart and you're just kind of like, wow, I need to hear that again. Then by all means, go to mynewlifechurch.com and you can watch it. It'll be up there immediately after this service. Things start to upload. So today we're going to talk about partnership. Now, partnership, all right? When you think about a partnership, you always think about 
another person. You have to have a partnership with another person. Um, now, this works for many different things, right? Um, it works for business. A lot of people are in partnerships in business. It even works in ministry. We have ministries here that not one person can accomplish the whole mission by themselves, and so we have to have a partnership. And marriage is also one of the greatest pictures of what a godly partnership looks like. And just to be clear and not to berate it or beat it into the ground, but at New Life, we believe a biblical picture of marriage is one man and one woman. And so that marriage relationship becomes a partnership. And partnerships are radically different than friendships. Radically different. A, a partnership, as an example, um, you know, it, it requires extreme purpose or it requires an agenda um, whereas a friendship, it doesn't require those kinds of things because friendship might just be built around having fun or it might just be built around a hobby. You know, in a friendship, you might meet together every once in a while, but in a partnership, you have to have an agenda because you're meeting together on maybe a daily basis. And so it's, it's radically different than just a friendship. Partnership could be also defined as this. It's, it, has, it's, it demands a, a great uh, definition be brought to the relationship, meaning that a partnership requires guidelines and clear guidelines of what this person's going to do versus what that person is going to do. Whereas in a friendship, it can be much more loose. Um, you know, you don't have these strict guidelines that happen. So partnerships, and you might be thinking to yourself, well, I don't have any partnerships. Well, the truth is everybody is involved in a partnership in one fashion or another. Uh, like I just said, you know, one of the best examples in our society today of, of partnership would be marriage. And so if you're married here, then you are in a partnership with another person. Now, God's word says that in that partnership, he's taking two individual people and he's making them one. And we all know that doesn't happen easily, right? I've been married 29 years. Uh, there's a lot of work to maintain oneness. There's a lot of forgiveness that my wife has had to show me and a lot of love she still has to show me to create oneness. And there's a lot that I, I don't have to probably show a lot of forgiveness because she's perfect in all ways. <laughs> that, marriage 101 for 29 years of healthy marriage. Uh, no, but there's, there's things I have to do. There's things I have to give um, as, as well. So a marriage is the perfect example. But also, like, if you have a car loan, all right, if you have a mortgage, you're in a partnership with a lending institution, right? They loaned you the money so that you could accomplish your agenda. But then there were guidelines that were set up because they want their money back, right? And you got to pay them monthly to return that money. Some of you guys are actually in business partnerships where you have other people that work together to accomplish a larger goal than what one person can take, than what one person could do on their own. The other thing, a partnership also happens in a team, you know, where there's a team of people all working together. Like me, I play hockey, so working on a team to score the goal, right? I know my role, all right? My role is to take one for the team and pass it to the guy that can score, all right? Because I'm not the fastest guy on the team, right? But uh, I also, I also, I can hold my own ground. So if I get the puck to the right guy, we score. It's all, it all works out really good. So when you work together in a partnership, you can accomplish more than you can on your own. And all of you are in one or another at some place of your life. That's what makes this sermon so vital and so important. Now, throughout history, there have been some incredible partnerships that have affected you and me. Like in the past 100 years, let me just give you three of them really quickly. Um, has anybody eaten at McDonald's at any time in your life? 
McDonald's was started with a partnership between two brothers, Richard and Maurice. It wasn't a trick question, guys. I don't know. Hey, everybody, wake up. All right. All right. Yes. The McDonald brothers, all right, they, they started it, all right? I don't know which one looked like Mayor McCheese, but one of them probably did. So they started that thing, and then you and me, we get to benefit from eating at McDonald's, or the lack thereof, however you want to see that. Um, if you own an Apple iPhone, you can thank the two Steves that started it, Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs. You can thank Steve Wozniak for all the technical abilities that cause your Mac and your phone to work the way that they do. And you can thank Steve Jobs for the way that it looks so cool. Because that was the two roles those guys did. One was over tech and one was over marketing. And working together, they created a massive empire of a company. Now, one last one that will bring a smile to your face and uh, you know, warm your heart while making your stomach hungry is Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Yeah, now another trick question. Right? That was started by? Ben and Jerry. Jerry. That's right. So these two guys, friends, decide with one another, uh, you know, hey, listen, we make ice cream so good, why don't we make millions of dollars off of it? And they went and they did it. And these kinds of partnerships have been going on throughout the centuries that have worked really well. Now, here's the downside to it. Partnerships have the ability to implode as well. Partnerships have the ability to cause great damage. Some even are living underneath the stress of a partnership that's not working out very well. And when I said that the, maybe the greatest example of partnership is marriage, some of you that are listening to my voice right now, you've gone through the pain and still maybe dealing with some of the pain of a marriage partnership that imploded. Um, I don't claim to know that pain. I've never been there. I've never had that happen uh, in my life. Uh, my wife and I, if you know anything about my testimony, years and years and years ago, like tw- over 20 years, 25 years ago, you know, or so, we were separated for a short period of time, and I know that pain. But if you're in that spot of your life, you need to know that, man, God loves you. Uh, we are a church that loves you. Um, don't, don't let the shame and the guilt uh, and the pain and the anger and the unforgiveness control your future. Uh, let God heal. Let God heal your heart and keep moving forward. Uh, and if you need, you need help and assistance with that, please, by all means, let me know. Um, because when partnerships implode, great pain is produced. And when partnerships implode, the residual pain can last for years and years, if not decades. And we want to be a church that helps heal that process. So partnerships are important because partnerships matter. The question we ought to ask ourselves today because we're sitting in a church is, are partnerships important for my faith? Are partnerships important for my church? And are partnerships important to accomplish God's mission? That's what we want to look at today. I think you're going to quickly come to the conclusion that I have that partnerships are vital for all three. You need partnerships to grow your faith. You need iron sharpening iron so one man sharpens another. We, we need partnerships in the church to accomplish what the church is designed to do. Just like the Bible says, that we all have a unique gift and unique part to play. And we need partnerships to even accomplish God's mission. So this is what we're going to be looking at today. But let's start with the most important partnership that you have on this planet. And it's not the person sitting next to you. It's the one who is living in your heart. It's the partnership that you cherish with the Holy Spirit. 
This partnership with God's Spirit is vital if you want to live right before God. If you're here today and you care at all about following God's Word, then the partnership that you have with the Holy Spirit is essential and it is necessary. In fact, I would go as far as to say this, that without the Holy Spirit, you will never, and that's a strong word, you will never accomplish God's mission for your life. Without the reliance on His Spirit, without the recognition that God has called my life with a purpose, God has put me on this earth, I am not just a uh, a fleshly blob of atoms and bones and blood and muscle walking around on this planet for one day to die and decay back into the earth, that my life has purpose and God put me here. If you want to ever discover that and you want to live by it and you want to accomplish it, the partnership you have with the Holy Spirit is essential. Some of the purpose that God has for your life is clearly defined in God's word because it is a purpose that is for all of us. Like in Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, Jesus gives us some of that purpose. Let me show you part of it. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This passage is very familiar to you. It goes on though. This is what I want you to do with those people. Teach these new disciples to obey all of the commands that I've given you. And be sure of this, guys. This is Jesus speaking. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So part of our mission on this earth is to go and share the good news of Jesus with others so that they, in turn, will become followers of Christ just like you, many of you are. Now, I know there are some of you that are in this room right now, and you're searching for God. You're seeking after him. You're, you're wondering to yourself, is he really who he says he is? I remember those days of my life. And those can be some dark moments. They can be some thrilling moments as well as you start to wake up and you start to realize who God is and what God's all about. But right now you might be still seeking him. I got it. But in your future, as you explore Christ and you end up surrendering your life to him, part of the mission for every Christ follower is to make disciples. It is to have someone that is growing to be more like Christ, and they're growing with you in that process. Now, here's what you need to know about it. Jesus didn't send you out to fulfill that mission just to be by yourself. He says in this passage, which I think we overlook often, I'm going to be your partner in it. He goes, I will always be there. I'll never leave you. Isn't that awesome? Jesus calls us to do something, and he goes, oh, by the way, you're going to need a partner in it. It's me, and I'm always going to be there. See, God isn't the one who fails in the partnership. We are. God is the faithful one. He says, I'm always there. Well, then you might go, well, then God, where were you at the other day? Well, here's here's the thing. God's looking for you and me to invite him to be a part of our life. He's looking for that. That's why you weren't born saved, or you weren't born and instantaneously, wow, God, we have a relationship. You were born without a relationship with God, And God waited for you to invite him to come in and live within you and to be your Lord and to be your leader. And today, some of you that are listening to my voice, you're going to make that same decision today. And I praise God for that. And I encourage you, make that decision. Invite Jesus to be the Lord and leader of your life. That's what we need to be doing, right? But in this this process, we need to be inviting Jesus. Be with me today. Lead and guide me today. As you're getting ready to walk into a meeting, be with me today. You know, as you're getting ready to skate out onto the ice, be with me today. As you're getting ready to, you know, have to discipline your kids, be with me, God. I need your help. 
right? When you and your, you and your spouse aren't seeing eye to eye, God, I need you. We, we just don't invite Jesus enough. I think we just believe that we went to church on Sunday, therefore God knows where we stand with him. And yeah, sure, he sees the heart, but he's looking for the invite, guys, on a regular basis. Because if we don't invite him, we're making disciples. We're just making disciples that follow our way. Jesus called us to make disciples that follow his way. So we got to do everything in our power to scrape, fight, do whatever it takes to stay tight in our partnership with Christ. That's our goal. That's why you're here today, is to stay tight in your partnership with Christ. A scripture that talks about that is in 1 John. Take a look at it. It says, but if we, you and me, are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. Now, when he's talking about having fellowship with each other, he's talking about we, you and me, having fellowship with God. He's not talking about this fellowship this way. He's talking about the fellowship we have this way. So if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with God. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from sin. So let me just talk about this scripture just for a moment in light of partnership. One of the things that's not biblical and one of the things that God's not looking for is this. God's not looking for silent partners. Now in business, you have silent partners. Silent partners would be the person on the back and that writes a check and wants to be a part of the advancement of this particular company or product, but doesn't even maybe even want to be known that they're a part of it. Or they might write a check, but they're not going to be the CEO or the CFO or the COO. They're not going to be in charge of it. They're just putting money in as an investment on the backside. You need to know something. God doesn't look for Christians to be silent partners. God's not looking for Christians that just have knowledge but do nothing with it. God's not looking for Christians that just write checks to his cause but then don't live it. God's not interested in silent partners. Silent partners are not biblical. Silent partners, they don't honor God. So what's God really looking for? God's looking for you and me to live in the light and to be people of the light. Why? Because God is of the light. So what's God really looking for? God's looking for people that will partner with him in belief but also in action. Action that doesn't just happen inside of the four walls of this church, but action that happens out there in the real world. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where God's going, let the light of Jesus shine out there. That's when you're walking with me. Not just when you come in here and you put on a nice game face and you do your thing. That's what God's looking for. That's what he means by be people of the light as God is of the light. Now, if you're still unclear or you're still a little bit uncertain of how do I live in the light? How do I be someone that I know that I'm, you know, actually doing the things that honors God? I want to be that kind of person, Jeff. How do I do it? Please tell me. I want to encourage you today with one simple scripture. It's found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Uh, read along with me, right? For God is working in you, giving you the what? The desire and the power to do what? Did you realize that when you partner with God, he's literally wanting to give you the desire to do his will? That he literally wants to give you the power to please him? See, for all of you that are here today, 
than a listening to my voice, sitting in your living room, driving in your car on our online campus or you know, out in North Platte or the venue or here. If you think that God is against you, you're talking about the wrong God. God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one, the Trinity of God, which we believe here, is never against you. He's for you. And he wants to partner with you so that you will desire him in his ways and so that you'll have the power to live a life in the light. What should our role be? Our role should be leaning on our partner called the Holy Spirit more than we do. Instead of taking advantage of him, leaning on him on a daily basis, minute by minute basis at times. Leaning on the partner of the Holy Spirit. We should take a verse like this, we should pray it. In fact, let's do that. Take that verse, put it back up there. Let's just stop for a moment and let's practice something. Taking this verse and praying it. You in your own words. I'll leave it up there. I'm going to pray for all of us. But I'm going to encourage you, you do something like this daily, maybe multiple times throughout the day for the rest of the week. Just see. Just see if it doesn't affect your life. If your awareness of your partner, the Holy Spirit, doesn't increase. Let's take a moment. Let's pray. Lord, we, we invite you to lead and guide our lives. We are such independent people. Lord, I'm so independent. I have the ability just to go off and do my own thing. I don't want to be that guy. That I get so busy at times, I forget about you. I get so wrapped up in what I do that, Lord, I forget to even ask for your help. Lord, I thank you for this verse, that your spirit is there waiting, wanting, and desiring to help me follow your ways and give me the power to be the man you called me to be. Lord, I invite you this very moment in the middle of this sermon, Lord, to lead and guide my life. Fill my mouth with your words. Empower this congregation to be a group of people in our community that makes a massive impact for you as they desire your ways more than they ever did and they have, and they have the power to live out a Christ-centered life. Lord, we need your help and we invite you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. So we need to recognize the power of our partnership with the Holy Spirit, but we also have partnerships this way and we have a lot of them. And over my short time on this earth, I've just kind of learned that there are some principles to partnership. There's some partnership principles that I want to talk to you about that I've applied to my personal life. I, don't, I can't tell you where I got all of these. These are just things that are in me. As I thought about what are the principles I live by and all the partnerships I'm involved with, and I just started writing them down. These are the things that stood out to me the most, and I thought you would benefit from them as well. In these partnerships that we have this way on this earth. The first one is this. We have to honor and respect each other's strengths. Partnership never works when one of the partners thinks they know it all and the other partner, you know, just kind of is a tag along. Right? That's not a partnership. Right? It was that, that's not working in a healthy manner. Um, in a partnership, you have to have a respect for each other. That means you have to recognize that you don't have all the answers. That's why you need the other person. And when the other person's connected to you and you're all pulling in the same direction with the same heart and with the same mind and with the same force, you can accomplish things that are many times greater than anything you would have accomplished on your own. Honor and respect each other's strengths. Here's another principle, though, 
um, that, would work, that works in partnership. You have to have each other's back. There's nothing worse on this planet than to have a partner or a friend and then get stabbed in the back by them. And if that's ever happened to you, you still feel the pain in between your shoulder blades. And at times, you hear that person's name and anger, rage still wor- wells up with inside of you. That's not healthy. We've got to figure out how to let that go. We've got to let God heal us from that. But we have to have one another's back. Let me tell you what I mean by that. It means you have, to, you have to defend and protect each other from those who are seeking to break up or to divide the partnership. Every partnership, there's somebody, some entity at work trying to split the partnership. It's like splitting wood. They're, they're taking the wedge and they're trying to drive it in between the two halves until the two halves, they completely collapse and independent from one another. And you can't, you, it's hard to put that back together. And if you do put it back together, there's always a scar, you know, from the glue that was required to heal or to mend the broken relationship. Somebody is trying to sabotage your partnerships. We have an enemy that's at work trying to do that. Now, you don't have to live by fear and you don't have to live in some conspiracy world. You just need to know partnerships that are Christ centered are always trying to be ripped apart so that God doesn't get the glory. So we have to defend and protect each other. One of the best ways to do that in having each other's back is to always assume the best. Believe the best in other people before you assume or believe the worst. It's something I try to do in my life. When I hear gossip about someone else, I never assume that that's the truth. Never. When I get someone else's opinion about somebody, never assume that that's the right opinion. Always believe the best in those you're partnering with before you assume the worst. It will act like a cancer inside of your partnership if you start believing the worst. The best thing to do is to go talk to the person or plainly pray and let it go. But you should see each other as kind of like standing back to back. There's something very unique about two people that stand back to back. You know what it is? They can see 360 degrees. That's what it means to have each other's back. In the military, it's called having your six. I got your six. I got your back. That's a principle of partnership that always works. And when you, when you fault on it, it destroys partnerships. Let me tell you another principle that works here on this earth. And that's this. Share the same values and goals. <laughs> partnerships just don't work if you don't have the same values and goals. And I'm talking about those top three or five values and goals that brought the partnership together. You can't compromise on those. You can't sit around a table and go, okay, I'll give you that one. You give me this one. I guarantee you, if that's the way you go into a partnership, it's compromising, it's always going to fail. It has to be something that is very unique and is very solid between the two of you. Now, they might add words to it that help define your heart, all right? That's cool. But if you're on two opposite ends of the spectrum and you're going to just like, okay, I'll walk away from this thing I value and this principle I live by so that I can be a partner with you, that's when things become unhealthy. The Bible talks about it as being unequally yoked with somebody. People that are not on the same page, not in the same mission, not going the same direction, unequally yoked partnerships are going to bring disasters. Here's another principle to be thinking about with partnerships. You got to give each other space to succeed. I see some people and they just overshadow, they overcloud one another. 
Like you got these two people that have the ability to do fantastic, incredible things, but neither one of them allow each other. They don't trust each other enough to go and do their part by themselves. They always have to be there. Little shadow, little shadow. And they micromanage each other. And over time, you get underneath each other's skins and the whole thing falls apart. So you have to give each other some space. When you do that, then you find the principle of God's word where two are greater than one. It's true that two people working on the same thing can do incredible things as well. But when you're in a partnership and you each have individual strong uh, giftings and strengths, you got to let each other shine. And you got to be okay with the fact that the other person did a really, really good job. And by the way, all you had to do with it was you let them do it. So in a partnership, you got to be okay with the other person, you know, getting a little fame from time to time and you getting none. That's the way it works. But last but not least, let me say this. Last principle. You got to be more committed to each other than you are the mission. More committed to each other than you are the mission. These simple principles will work in business. They work on ministry teams. And they definitely work in marriages. Being more committed to each other. Let me give you an example of that in a marriage. Being more committed to each other than the mission. Some parents that are listening to me right now, you're more committed to your children than you are to your spouse. That partnership's not going to work very long. It's not working right now. I don't know where it goes to a place of imploding or just to a point of continued stress. But when you're more committed to your kids than you are to each other, it's not going to work. Some marriages, when you're more committed to the fact that I've got to go raise money, i got to work, you know, I'm the breadwinner, you're more committed to the money that you raise for the relationship than you are to each other, it's not going to work very long either. You have to be more committed to each other. And when you are, guess what happens? The mission tends to take care of itself along the way. These principles, they work in all areas of life. If you missed some of them, by all means, go to mynewlifechurch.com and click on the message for today. Listen to it again. Just scroll ahead. Just listen to that little portion. Get those kind of principles inside your heart and walk by them. But lastly, I need you to partner with me. I need you to partner with me. As a congregation, biblically, we are to partner together. Now, I'm not saying this because there's some problem. I'm just saying this as a reminder. It's a great message on partnership, and I would be mistaken not to talk about this. That you and me are designed uniquely to work with each other, and when we do, when we do, you experience more joy. You discover your purpose in a grander way. And by the way, I'm living under a mandate as a pastor from God to partner with you. Here's what my mandate is. It comes out of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. There we go. Thank you. And see, look, we're in a partnership. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Ephesians chapter 4, it says this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Gifts that God's given to you as a partnership. Their responsibility, my responsibility, is to equip you, God's people, to do God's work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This is a mandate from God to me and to our pastors that we're supposed to partner with you to equip you to do the work of the ministry. So when you hear me say, hey, be involved in the ministry team, be involved in ministry, 
I'm not saying that as a good suggestion. I'm saying it from a mandate that I know God has put on me as a pastor. You know, so when I, when I encourage you or I invite you to, you know, please go and invite other people to come to church and be, be God's hands and his feet out in the community. It's, it's because I know I can't do it all. And I need you. And we need each other. If we want to see Jesus Christ rock our community of North Platte, Kearney, and the surrounding areas, we're going to have to work together and see, to see God do some radical stuff. Let me give you an example of what I mean about working together. So December the 16th, we've got this concert that's coming up. We, we creatively called it Rock the Halls, all right? Rock the Halls concert. Now, for some of you, you might, you've been around this church for a long time, and you're going, man, I can't believe that. I can't believe this church is doing a, a concert instead of doing the singing Christmas tree or doing a concert instead of doing you know, the gospel according to Scrooge. If that's your attitude, we're not partnering together very well, right? We partner together best when we all work for the common goal. What's the common goal of all the Christmas outreach that this church has ever done? And that is to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to our community so the lost might be saved. You know what we're doing with this Christmas concert? We're going to reach people that would never walk through our doors. There's going to be people walk through our doors that you're going to be like, holy cow, I never thought I saw that person in church. All because we're trying something different to get to the same means. We're trying something different to get to the same outcome. We've got the same mission. We're just not married to the method. The mission, reach Christ. The method, whatever you can come up with. And that's what we're doing. And so we're going this direction. So how can you partner with us? You can partner with us by praying for the lost to find Jesus. Because at this event, we're going to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to share it clearly and plainly. And John, you know, a, rock, a, f- a former rock star who stood in front of thousands, is going to share his testimony of how he came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And let me just tell you something. I've heard it. The guy's radically sold out to Jesus. We're going to give an altar call, and people are going to give their life to Christ. And people are going to walk through the doors that would maybe never walk through the doors of a singing Christmas tree of the gospel according to Scrooge. But they're going to walk through the doors because they heard this thing advertised on their, you know, Rock 101 or whatever the radio station is here in town. Partner with us by praying for people. Partner with us by inviting people. Partner with us. We're partnering with John. He's going to help us share the gospel. We're also partnering with the Jubilee Center here in town. The Jubilee Center helps those who are struggling and wrestling with financial bills, to pay rent, to put, you know, you pay for their utilities, to put food on their table at Christmas time. And we're going to take an offering during the concert so that we can benefit the Jubilee Center and we can partner with those that are struggling and hurting at an important time of the year called Christmas, and we're going to bless them. That's the power of partnership, and I invite you to partner with us. So take some action today. Maybe go buy a ticket, buy some tickets for some other people and partner with us. Right. Dean, our outreach pastor says, that's a great idea. (laughs) Just so that everybody that's listening remotely can hear that. So to make sure there's many other ways that you partner with us. We've got a big vision at our church. Um, We love three auditoriums and six services, but we want all six services to be packed with people. We want to we launch other services because we want to reach more people for Jesus. We want to plant more churches. We want to see life groups grow large and healthy, and we want to plant more life groups so that people are discipled. I ask you to join with us, partner with us. I ask that you would invite people to follow Jesus. I ask that you would be a disciple maker, and like Jesus talked to us about, 
and that you would also you know, continue to grow in your personal faith with God. Continue to be discipled. There's so many different ways that you can partner and that we can partner with one another. When, we, you, when you hear about this course called the Engage course that you can sign up for, sign up for it. You'll figure out how to partner with us better. You'll figure out how to work together as a team to accomplish the end goal, which is to save the lost and to grow people into fully developed followers of Jesus Christ. Partner with us, and let's accomplish something that we could never do all by ourselves. And let's accomplish it in a big way so that God's kingdom grows and God's kingdom wins in our day. So just to wrap this up, you need to partner with the Holy Spirit. And today in our time of worship and response, that's your first, that's your first move. God, I need you. Lord, I, I worship you today, and I, I want you to lead and guide me today. So worship God. Proclaim him as King of kings and Lord of lords. Let your own heart just praise him today as your greatest partner that you'll ever have. But then maybe there's earthly partnerships that aren't as healthy as they need to be. I would encourage you, bring those to God today. Use these altars. Our altars are for the hungry, spiritually hungry people that are going, God, I want my relationship with you, that partnership to be stronger. I want my partnerships maybe with my spouse, with my, my business owners, or you know, people that I, I'm on a management team with. I want those to be stronger. And maybe you use altars like this just to kneel down and to offer that prayer up to God and say, God, use me in whatever way you want to so that my relationships can be more healthy. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the partnership that we share with Christ. We thank you for the partnerships that we have on this earth that you've given us that sharp, they sharpen us and they even shape us into the men and into the women that you called us to be. Lord, we want you to make us as healthy as possible personally so that we can be the best in all the relationships that we're in. Lord, I pray that you would give our pastors a greater love for this congregation and you would give this congregation a greater love for their pastors and that lord you would protect this church from every trick and scheme of the enemy who wants to try to kill steal and destroy your mission against it that lord we would fight together that the lost would know you that the broken would come into relationship with you that the dejected and the rejected would have a place to come and find health and wholeness in a relationship with God. And may it be here at New Life. May our name, New Life, may that be what we're known for in our communities. All because of the partnership that we share with you and the partnership that we live out with each other. So may our worship glorify you. And may you convict us in our heart and draw us closer to you over these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen.